What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Hey everybody, greetings and welcome to The Hesitant Healer. Uh, we had some technical difficulties from a very long thing we recorded uh, on time. In fact, we were ahead of schedule, and uh, then we couldn't get the darn thing to work, and we're uh, currently trying to retrieve the information because it's lost in a computer somewhere. So we recorded this one last week. We're going to share this one a day late. Apologize for the mix-up, and we'll see if we can get the other one on track pretty soon. And without further ado... Here we go with the newest version of The Hesitant Healer. Greetings and welcome to The Hesitant Healer. I'm John Webster and I'm sitting here with my trusty sidekick, Lisa Kay. Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Wait, I didn't say say hi yet. Oh, I'm okay, sorry. Okay, whatever. Wait, wait, take two. I'm sitting here with my trusty sidekick, Lisa Kay. Hey, Lisa, say hi. <laughs> Hey, everybody. How are you doing? I just want to get a laugh out of her. You know okay. what? Wait, wait, wait. What? What? You finished the last podcast all by yourself. I was running around doing something. That's true. And I didn't get to say goodbye. All right. All right. Podcast. So, so say goodbye, Lisa. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Be good humans. We'll dub that in and we'll... Okay. Right. Got it. <laughs> I think that's fair because I did... You know what? I in my In my super secret head, what I wanted to do was... I was going to lay a different track, which I haven't learned how to do yet. Okay. And and what you do is, check this out. This would be super, super like advanced. Mm -hmm. You put the headphones on and listen, but there's another track that's got your microphone on it. Mm -hmm. And then there's pregnant pauses and you just go ahead and talk into it like you're part of it. And oh. then that gets dubbed in. It's like the magic of radio. Wow. Tricky, that, huh? That sounds a little complicated. Yeah, you know that part in So I Married an Axe Murderer? <laughs> I love that where, movie. <laughs> where she says, what do you want for breakfast? He goes, well, what do you got? And she goes, well, would you like French toast? He goes, yeah. And maybe some hot coffee from like It's Kona, Kona Coffee. Yes. Oh, that sounds good. And some fresh bacon, Canadian bacon and some maple syrup. Yeah. She goes, yeah, we don't have none of that stuff. <laughs> okay. it, it's like that. I don't know how to do that yet. But in my head, that's what I want to do. All right. Cool. All right, so check this out. I was working on a client this morning. Yes. And uh, she's kind of a fun client because she laughs all the time. And she laughs all the time because she's in pain mostly. But there's also good parts of that. And uh, while we were talking, it's the second or third time I've worked on her. and went, you know what? I think she's got a story to tell. Awesome. So she had some time. See what you did right there where you were eight inches away from the microphone? Awesome. There you go. We're teaching Lisa how to talk into a microphone <laughs> while she flips me off. So uh, I decided today, since she had some time, she said she would be willing to come in and talk to us. Mm -hmm. So I want you all to be introduced to Eden. Say hi, Eden. Hi, everybody. Look at that. She's like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> it, it's See, doesn't fun. she have the best laugh? She's she got does. the best no, laugh. I, I do enjoy when Eden's here because I can hear her laughing. So that's always fun. Right. I mean, her laugh, uh, I used this word in the last podcast, but I think it fits here. Mellifluous. She's got a very fluid laugh that's just resonant. And, like and uh, if you hear it, you want to laugh too. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, so Eden... Yes. I want to talk to you about body stuff because you have an interesting body story. 
Now, I met Eden. We went, uh, I think this is a national program. The Roadrunners, they're national, yeah? I'm not um, sure. One of my clients is a roadrunner out in Riverside, and he talked me and the Lisa Kay into going over there one morning, super stupid early on a Sunday, <laughs> uh, where these crazy people run for a lot of miles on the weekends. And uh, she was one of the runners that uh, had a thing and came in to work on the thing, and she's been a consistent client since then. So she's an avid runner. But one of the things she mentioned while she was telling me about how she works out and what her running regimen was like was that she called herself, and I'm using air quotes here, she called herself a rage runner. Rage runner. What what is a rage runner? Well, Eden, why don't you tell us what a rage runner is? It's when you're angry and you're pissed off. And you go for a run to get it all out. (laughs) That sounds like a cool thing, but I think there's more to it. It's not just when you're angry and angry and pissed off. She was doing this all the time. And that leads to a little bit deeper thing, right? Mm -hmm. Which we didn't talk about in great deal. We really just talked about the rage running in general. And the funny part of this, the dichotomy of me looking across the table at this person who's what? You're 5'4"? Yes. 5'4", cute as a button, has a, a a female figure as a body. I won't go, God, she's got a really nice body. But but she's got she's got a body like a runner. But it's um by let's tell me if this would be fair. By Instagram yogi standards, it's not a perfect body. No. Right? And and you're probably not a hundred percent happy with it even now. Would that be fair? That's fair. Okay. So um but to look at her, it's like she's so she's so adorable. She's Just adorable, so, yes. and she's Aww, fit. And thanks, she's guys. <laughs> fit. And and um, to picture her rage running is kind of funny because you could just see her all balled up in this mess of rage, running, 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 running. However, we started working on the rage run, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I, regardless of how you got there, that's not a healthy thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Well. Okay, but let's frame that a minute because I, 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 I run. Um, I find that if I'm angry, going out and running will s- help solve that. It, but for me, it becomes uh, meditative in that, like, why am I angry and why is this and why is that? Because it is that um, you get a smooth, steady, it's almost like a metronome, your feet and, and the breathing and the whole thing. I get that. Okay. But we're not talking about every once in a while angry run. <laughs> okay. our, our good Eden here was rage running all the time. Oh, okay. All right. This was her outlet constantly. <laughs> now, to be fair, in fact, I'm going to let you ex- explain it. Why were you rage running at the time? What was going on with you? So at the time, I was still a middle school math teacher. Well, shit, well, that'd do there it. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yep. We're all in agreement here. Yes. Yep. And it was... The rage running started definitely my first year, and that was the 2019, no, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then 2020, so schools had shut down in March, and so it was... And that was your very first year. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's when it started. (laughs) All right, so we have a deeper understanding here. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And, And did you discover rage running, or is it just a thing that happened? Um, no, I've been a runner since, honestly, middle school. So 
it's been like a lifelong love. So okay, but the rage running developed at that point. Okay, yes. Um, one of the things we were just talking about when we go back in your history was uh, you didn't go to a normal school for a bit. Mm-mm. What school did you go to? I went to the United States Naval Academy. <laughs> oh my goodness! Le- Lisa didn't know that. <laughs> You should have seen the look on Lisa's face. She's just like, wow. All, all of a sudden, she's not as cute as she was, huh? I, you know what? You're, I can't picture you. In oh, a- me neither. That's why I'm not there anymore. <laughs> we're going to go back even farther, though, because we've talked a little bit about this. And, and um, we're going to go back to the, um, um, oh, what was the name? The monster. Edenzilla. Edenzilla. Yes. Eden yes. acquired a name when she was younger. About what age? Um, probably 11, 12 years old. And this was based on body type. Yes. So this is peer pressure and body type in a sensitive time frame that you're growing up when we're worried about our bodies, especially young ladies, worried about our bodies, and somebody dubbed you. Edenzilla. Yes. And that's kind of where some of this body, we can call it body shaming, started, right? What was different about your body than every other 11-year-old girl that was running around? Mm, the thighs, I would say, yeah. But So you would you would deem that at the time you had thick thighs? Yes. They were thicker. Um, I think they were called thunder thighs, actually. Thunder thighs. <laughs> yes. <All right. laughs> so, I mean, that gives everybody a little bit of a description, right? Yep. And if I look at you, it's not the first thing I'm going to see, but you can certainly see at 11, Right. If you're if you're a little more hippie and have a little thicker thighs and this is a body type thing. This isn't like because you were fat and obese and overeating. Mm-hmm. This is this is genetics. Yeah. Right? Both sides of my family. And I learned yeah. a long time yep. ago. You can't fight genetics. <laughs> this is the body you're born with. And it doesn't matter what you do. It ain't going away. Yeah. And here we are some what? 20 years later. Oh, you now? gosh. Yeah. 28. Yeah. 28. <laughs> you're 28 now. Yeah. OK. So this is uh, 11. 17 years later. Thank yeah. you, Lisa. Lisa is our math person here. Um, seven- <laughs> Eden taught math. <laughs> right. We don't talk about that. <laughs> so this is 17 years later. Um, you're, you're now sporting super skinny Barbie thighs, right? No. I don't no. Know. So it hasn't changed, right? No. It has to do with genetics, and this is the body that you were born with. But it would be fair to say that that idea of, of body dysmorphia and not liking your body in a social sense started... In that age when, in America, we start paying attention to our bodies and girls really start paying attention to their bodies and they start making fun of other people's bodies Mm -hmm. because they don't like their own bodies and all the crap that goes with that. And so uh, I think at the time, the first time you mentioned it, I thought that was an amazing name, Edenzilla, because now you've turned it into... it's a badass thing. Yes. You're, you're, you're a, powerful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're a badass Eden Zillin. You're <laughs> not like a that. chunky thigh Eden Zillin <laughs> now, right? So, and, and you, you turn that into, I would guess, that's part of the things that led you into the way that you work out now and the way that you, the way that you take care of yourself and take care of your health, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think we talked uh, last week, our last week podcast was going back to roots and things that caused you to become who you are today. I think that'd be a, a pivotal, nominal moment for you that put in motion how you treat your body today. That would be fair to say, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Uh, from running, what else do you do besides running? Because you got out of the rage running, and like the next time you came in, you're like, "I don't rage run anymore." I'm like, "I'm like, cool. What do you do?" 
the whole laundry list? Oh, you can start with what you came with after after you're running. Um, because we'll do one at a time. I Peloton, Peloton. I spin. I'm like, stop there. Yeah. So you went from rage running to Peloton. Well, right? we I te- I was doing them like at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> See the plot thickens. She wasn't just rage running. She was rage everything. But, but the running was what she blamed it on, right? So yeah, give me the laundry list of what you were doing besides rage running at the time. So. Um, there was rage running. I would ride my Peloton. I did kettlebells. Yeah. Um, all kind of extreme exercises. Yes. Right. Yep. This also leads towards the military academy kind of thing, because those places train you, uh, in a discipline of not only taking care of yourself, but it being ever ready kind of thing as Mm -hmm. well too. Right. And for those of you who don't know, a Peloton is a, a stationary bike uh, on steroids. And they, <laughs> they usually come with uh, uh, an online program where you can race mm-hmm. against other people, too. Um, so besides the rage running, you're also super competitive. Oh, yes. Yeah, must yes. win at all costs. <laughs> and, uh, and so the Peloton would be an easy replacement for the rage running, right? right. Uh, I'm real big, and I learned this a long time ago, that if if you're going to get rid of a habit, you're going to have to replace it with an equal or greater habit. So you can't just quit rage running on a dime. You're going to have to have another kind of thing, and the rage has to be addressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So from rage running and the Peloton, how did you get to where you're at now? What happened next, and, and what kind of things happened in your head and in your body and in your world that allowed you to transition to the much calmer version of what you're at now? Well, uh, first step, I quit the job I hate. <laughs> there we go. Yay! Super important. It yep. is never too late to uh, do an about face. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've been, Elisa, you may not know this. You may not. I, I've, I've been in a lot of jobs. I, you know, I, I have heard that. Yes. And I, I've been fired from a lot of jobs because I used to be an alcoholic and I was an asshole. And when you're an alcoholic asshole, you get fired from a lot of jobs, right? I know I've mentioned before I had somebody come up to me in an AA meeting one time and say, John, I'm like, yeah. Hey, you're the king of getting fired in sobriety. Can I ask you a question? I'm like, what the fuck? But, you know, I get fired and go in and cry in my meetings so everybody knew how many times I've been fired. Anyway. I, I just have to, just, just as a side note, I have never been fired from a job. So you should see how she like sucks her shoulders up and sticks her chest out right now. And, and uh, you want to tell people how you've never smoked pot either? Because you're very proud of that. <laughs> Lisa is a school teacher in the in the 40s. The last name would have been Marm. She would have been a school oh Marm. OK, this is why we love you. Your purity, your essence. So what was I talking about? Being fired from jobs. Oh, 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 you can do, you can do about faces. Right. I I don't, I don't know if you ever, you probably have done this even though you haven't quit or been fired from a job. Um, driving to work and you get a headache and your shoulders start to go up to your Mm -hmm. ears and you can't listen to the radio loud enough and, and it, it sucks going in and it sucks leaving and you can't stop. There's usually crying. There's usually crying and, and there's always one or six asshole bosses and and you hate going there and you find two years later you're still doing it uh that's not healthy kids that's not a healthy way to go and there's a lot of us that are doing that and we have a lot of yeah buts in our head of why we can't change Mm -hmm. why we can't do something different but at what cost becomes the point 
right? Mm-hmm. And Eden, you're telling me that that job was pretty much killing you. Yes. And and even rage running wasn't making it better. No. Can you talk a little bit about what it was you hated so much? Hmm. Overworked, underpaid. I was the root of everyone's issues and blamed for everything and a lot of mean emails. So, yes. Yeah. I um going back to that time period, you know, we we asked educators to flip back and forth mm-hmm. so many times and we expected it to be perfect. Yeah. We as society and parents were sitting at home and not knowing how to use the technology or mm-hmm. how to get in touch. And it was just, it was horrific. You I said don't that know. like it wasn't a year and a half ago. Well, I know. <laughs> you know, back in the old days when we walked to school in the snow and yeah. Well, you know, thank God it all worked out and everybody's behaving now. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. right. You got out of education just in time. Yes. All right. So you make the decision. Um, you're married. Yes. And so was that a joint decision? You had to talk to Hubby about this? Uh, he had to talk to me about it. He was, he yeah. was probably pretty happy about the decision. Then, oh, yeah? yes. he. I think the reason I stayed in as long as I did is because I have a hard time quitting on things. Sure. So I had finished my master's degree. I was finishing up getting my credential cleared. And so I didn't want to leave anything unfinished. So I think that's the reason I went back and finished out that year. But... There's a lot of burden on, and we just discussed, I mean, but but with that, again, at what cost becomes the question. And yeah. so, like, if we have a spouse, if we have kids, if we have friends and family, and, and this is weighing on us, I, I truly believe in this line of work, this is the stuff that causes cancer. This is the stuff that mm-hmm. causes sickness. This causes yes. chronic headaches. This causes yep. fibroid cysts. This is the kind of stuff that makes us sick. There's a lot of other things, but this can certainly be one of those things that can chronically make us ill. Yeah. GERD, heart issues, breath issues, all of that. Yes. And that doesn't include outside influences and all this stuff. Right. So uh, what was that transition like? What happened when you decided to quit? You just went in there and did it or you have to think about it a little bit? Um, didn't have to think about it. I had my decision pretty much set in stone. My husband, he was extremely supportive. So it was... Um, I can't quite remember. Something happened right before Christmas break. And I walked into our principal's office and I said, you know what? I can't take it anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't promise I'm coming back. And I actually missed the last three days of school before Christmas break. And that week I turned in my resignation that at the end of the school year, I would be done. So, um, yeah, I had to go back and do the last semester and put on a smiling, happy face, even though that's not how I felt every day. And I finished out the rest of the school year. And that summer, um, I definitely feel like there was a grieving period because you start these careers and you think, well, it's a a death. You were not the first person I've come across that went to a lot of schooling and got out and went, this isn't what I want to do. You know, and I I remember distinctly having a conversation with somebody or two people in high school right at the end of my senior year, how unfair it was that I had to make a decision about the rest of my life right Mm -hmm. then. Because next Tuesday, I'm going to be a different guy. You know, it's one of the reasons I never got tattoos, because I'm going to hate this in six months, right? (laughs) Well, I have um, my my children are in their 30s, early 30s. And when they at our school district, when you're in seventh grade, they hand you a piece of paper. 
and it says my five-year plan. So to 12-year-olds and and 13-year-olds, you're handing a five-year plan mm-hmm. so that they can decide which college they're going to go into. <laughs> and my my kids came home with it, and, and they're like, ah, just in a haze. And, and I, I think I said, I remember saying to them, just put down whatever you think they want you to say, and, mm-hmm. and whatever happens, We'll get, you know, when we get there, we'll cross that bridge kind of thing. But it always made me laugh to hand to little seventh graders, you know. Uh, yeah. What are you going to be when you grow up? You know? yeah. Decide right now. Yeah. I, I, it's one of the reasons, like, I, I tried to go to college maybe five times and I just could not get through it. Either the ridiculousness of what we were learning that had nothing to do, right? Peggy Sue got married. I happen to know that I'm not going to need algebra for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> um, but, and, and, it, it worked out, but like I've said many times, it worked out at 37, not at 16, right? And and one out of three of my kids went to college, dropped out, went to college, dropped out, and I was like, dude, I'm on the hook for this, and 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 what the hell? And he explained to me, it, it was a 15-hour car ride from Oregon to California. He explained to me why he didn't like college and what he wasn't gonna, why he wasn't gonna do it. And damn it, he sounded just like me, mm-hmm. right? And and it was it was the voice of reason that I can't look at him and tell him it's not going to work out because it's working out for me, right? You, sometimes it takes a while to find yourself, yep. right? And now back to Eden, you you are not working in the area that you got your degree in. No. What do you do now? Um, I'm working as an engineer. Wow. <laughs> That's, that's pretty far from education. Yes. Yeah. yeah, very different. Are you happy? I'm so happy. My life has made a 180. There you yeah. So, yeah. But by making that decision to quit something you hated, you bumped into and fell into something that you now love. Yes. And you didn't, you, that's not what you were looking for. No. no. And, and so did the rage running continue? No, surprisingly, uh, after you quit the thing that is causing all the rage, you don't need to rage run. How about that? What's so, uh, what'd you replace it with? What do you What do you do for fun? Um, See, the happiness. That, <laughs> well, here's the thing: the happiness replaced the rage. But what'd you uh-huh. replace the running with? No, I still run. I still, still run. run. You just don't rage run. I just don't rage run. You still Peloton? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Any other exercises? Well, CrossFit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Start CrossFit. There it is. <laughs> and what else? I'm not sure. Yeah. You Bowling? A, you know, <laughs> she comes in with a shoulder injury last time. I'm like, what have you been doing? Well, I've been doing this, and I've been doing this, and I've been doing this. And maybe 20 minutes in, she's like... As ah. he's digging. As I'm digging into her shoulder that's killing her. She's like, could gardening do it? No, maybe a little bit. And then she's like, oh, did I tell you I've been bowling twice a week? <laughs> and I immediately got a picture of an ex-rage runner bowling. I went, maybe that's what the shoulder problem is. Perhaps that's it. So... Um, can we go back to uh, body image kind of stuff? Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. So I was going to share my body image kind of thing. Um, right, right. Don't move that microphone. Okay. Don't move the microphone. Um, I can remember. <laughs> this is so. I don't know if I should share. This is pretty Too late deep. Now. <laughs> okay. I remember being in high school. Uh, I was running and. Uh, I found a way to lose even more weight when I was running. So I can remember 
going on this diet that all of the girls around me were going on. And I can remember stepping on the scale and I had, I lost, I dropped, I don't know, two and a half, three pounds. Can and I, I thought, can I tell on you a little bit here? In a minute. So, well, right here. So we don't, so we don't mince words. And so that we're clear about who you were then. <laughs> okay. You did beauty pageants back then. I did a beauty pageant. One. A, a beauty pageant counts as the mindset of who you were hanging out with. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Go. All right. So I can remember seeing that I lost weight and I thought, oh my gosh, it was just a sense of power. Oh. Right? Right? Like I can control this. And um, so my body image is one, I, I definitely have dysmorphia. It's kind of a, a joke with my friends and I and John and I sometimes will be walking and, and I'm like, am I as big as her? Is that, is that how bad I, so I really don't have a perception of what I really am, which is sad. Even today, right? Even today, yes. Yeah. And you've been a lifelong runner yourself. Yes. Up until recently with some foot problems and a surgery or whatnot, but you've right. always been a runner. Yeah. And, and some of that's body image and some of that's endorphin release, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, so when I was recovering from foot surgery, um, there's a thing that there's kind of a test you do with kids. And um, if they are a proprioceptive learner, which means that they need the feedback of, of hard pounding on the ground kind of thing. So um, that's what I am. So when people would say, oh, just go for a walk. I'm like, it's just so not the same. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not even close. <laughs> like telling Eden to just go read a book. Yeah, just go read a book. <laughs> um, so, but I can, I, women I think have a bigger problem with um, body image than men. I say that. I, I agree with that. It's a sociological thing and it's, it's, it's certainly an American thing for sure, mm -hmm. yeah turning this um so uh how did your body image change and are, are you aware of say from um 11 years old to naval academy to maybe pre-marriage would you get married after that mm -hmm. was yeah. there a time frame between that um, between less than Acad a year. Okay, yeah. so you knew him yeah. already. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Naval Academy to marriage, and then in marriage, and then marriage to now. How has your body image changed, and how has it stayed the same? Oh man, um, Naval Academy was probably an all-time low because that was. I mean, it's military school. You have weight requirements. You have physical fitness requirements. And I just remember walking around feeling like, wow, I am the fattest person everywhere I go here. Yeah. And so I know. Is that true or that was just in your head? That was just in your head. Right? I, I don't. I'm not sure. Right. Probably a little bit of both. Right. Uh, were were uh, yeah. you being body shamed in school? At, at, the, the, Naval at Academy, the Naval Academy, when they weigh you in front of everyone and they say your weight aloud, I would consider it maybe a little. All bit. right, and yeah. so and not only an, ex uh, uh, an extension of being when you were younger, but also, I mean, that's just shaming on a on a massive level there with yes. all those females around. Yes, all competing at the highest level possible. Yes, right? yes. Okay, yeah. But that was also a drive, correct? Yes, it was also a driver. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was the time that I took up some pretty unhealthy habits. There like was what? So there I would, um, we had to eat meals together. And so I would eat with everyone else. And then I would go to the track 
and I would essentially I would rage rage run until I would make myself throw up. So and technically, that would be bulimia. That was it diagnosed. I don't know. No, you, you never went to a doctor who said you have bulimia. No, so, and it, and it was probably a shame thing and a quiet yes. thing. You, yes. you kept it to yourself. Yes. Did it work? Yes. Did it cause damage? Mental damage. Yes. How did you stop that? Um. Well, that didn't stop until I left. Out of the academy. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, one more time in your patterning, the the daily pounding of what you look like and what you should be like. In the absence of that, you no longer felt you had to have that behavior pattern. Yes. That would be fair to say. Yes. Yeah. And then a year before you got married, and then how did body image do with that? Well. My bad. I misunderstood. Okay. So I met my husband um, at, so I left the Naval Academy and I was taking classes at a community college and we met there. Okay. And we actually dated for five years oh, good. before okay. we got married. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, my husband is the ying to my ying. And as it should be. <laughs> yes. So I left. The academy was going to school. I felt completely lost. Felt like I had no direction because the thing that I had worked so long and so hard to achieve had come and gone and was not everything I had hoped. Right. Yep. So, um, so what was body image like in that time? Um, it definitely wasn't as consuming as when I was at the academy because that, that was like that was the thing that, that weighed on my mind. Right, that's the thing. And but looking back, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. It wasn't positive. I can say that, but it definitely wasn't as bad as it had been when Were you I was working out. Then yes, same type of stuff. Yes, just running and that yes. that was that was really the rage run years, right? Yes, more or less. Okay, and then you met him. Mm-hmm. Did that? Did meeting someone that you fell in love with and that loved you unconditionally change that yes. image? Yes. Tell me about that. So he he calms a lot of my chaos because he's a very calm, loving, genuine person. And he just really would be the person who'd have those long, difficult conversations with me. And there was never any expectations with him. And so everything was just, yeah, I feel like... He, Through the courting process and the dating <laughs> process. Uh-huh. <laughs> You allowed him in, though. Yes. And you understood that he understood you, and you felt listened to, and mm-hmm. you felt understood, yes. and you felt loved. Yes. Like you never had before, like the romance novels you love so much. Yes. <laughs> and as a result of that... There was a lot of healing. Uh, perfect. Yes. A lot yeah. of healing, which uh, you don't have as much weight probably the wrong word to use on yourself Mm -hmm. in regards to how you feel about yourself because Mm -hmm. when you feel loved it's hard to shame yourself exactly yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay keep going i love a good love story tell me more (laughs) so we were dating i went to finish my bachelor's degree that's when i decided i'm going to become a 
a math teacher. So then I started all of the steps involved for becoming a teacher. And that's the new phase of rage. And so it seems to be a little bit of a cycle for me. I think I think part of the lesson there is that math makes you mad. Is that, no, yeah. no, no. You know what? Some people really like math. I love what? it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, that that has not been my experience. Mm-mm. Math makes me mad for sure. No. Okay. I'm going to cry. I don't like this conversation. Oh, my. (laughs) I'm going to stop you there because, you know, when you talk about cooking and you know about Uh all of that, that's very mathematical. Okay. Okay. Look, I've already copped to this more than once, right? I was very disappointed later in life to understand that the two things I loved the most and wanted to do as a profession, art and cooking, both involved math. Mm -hmm. But the level of math that we're talking about that she's teaching – I still can't do. Well, okay. I did pre-algebra four years in high school and flunked all four of them. All right. So my math is rudimentary and I've learned to adapt my mathematical skills mm-hmm. in a tactile way that makes more sense. But even to this day, and you know this, mm-hmm. if we're at a at a table at a restaurant and I get the bill, you will see me using fingers to fucking count the text okay. and the tip right. because I have rudimentary math skills. And I get really angry if I have to do math math. Okay, but here, I will tell a story on myself. Okay, I did fairly well in math, and we've been painting and decorating and that kind of stuff. And so we needed some more paint. And so uh, John asked me to go to Home Depot, by the way, not my favorite place in the entire world. So he said, we need half gallon. And I'm looking at the gallon container, and, and I know they sell it in quarts. And so I'm like, okay. And I didn't want to admit this. And I'm like, do they do they sell half gallon? <laughs> <laughs> and John's, John's like he's shaking his head and laugh, laughing at me not with me he said no you're going to get two of these little quart things and that's a half gallon <laughs> yeah. how many ounces in a gallon 16 oh, 128 oh. okay. Uh, okay how many yeah. ounces in a pound 16 that a girl there you go you got one right high five <laughs> All right, so back to Eden. So we're in the angry years of math in college. And um, so classes. there was still some rage coming because of school, but you were also in love. So a bit of a push-me-pull-you kind of thing going mm-hmm. on. How did that work out physiologically with you? Um, were you fighting it or, or there was a balance that you had found? I would say there was a balance. Okay. Yeah. And then you went into teaching school angry. Yes. And only got angrier. Yes. And the husband who loved you said, This needs to stop. Yeah. You yeah. gotta stop. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I get that. So, but you did clear your, your credential. Yes. See? Everything I've started, I have finished. So you finished. Yes. You're not a quitter. No. And you're not angry anymore. No. I'm so happy. Nice. All right. So tell me what your life is like today. Um, working as an engineer. Don't cry when I'm driving to work. I love it. I'm happy. Um, I'm doing my other workouts. Still, still finding the balance with workouts and being nice to my body. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely a lot better than I was for sure. I would say just runners in general, we have that kind of um, 
I guess it's a crazy elitist right? attitude mm. because you're better than most. <gasps> well, no, I wouldn't oh, take it that far. You meant no. to say happier than other no, people because I, we I have would, endorphin releases. I would say that runners and uh, um, CrossFit and those kind of people who participate in that are are so driven. Um, can I tell that one story about the um, the runner who was going to go to? Was it? Uh, Boston. It's not a great story if you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so we had a gentleman come in. I believe he was a roadrunner uh, because he was going with our friend um, and they were going to Boston and they were going to yes. get on the plane the next day. And he, it, this was a, a male runner, and he said, uh, there's something kind of my side that's been bothering me, and, and can you just kind of work on it and so I can get on the plane and go to Boston? And he was so excited about that. And he goes and he lays down on the table, and John's like, dude, that's a hernia. <laughs> he's like, oh, no. Yeah, he's like, you, you can't get on the plane with a hernia. And the, the runner guy says, well, can't you just push it back in? <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, I could, but no. <laughs> yeah, the, the mindset of some of you people is is a bit nuts. When we first met, and you were working on, on me, right? I would find it so funny that you would say things and make observations about me, and it's like you were rooting around in my brain. And so it was just really Sorry. trippy. <laughs> That's a and you would kind of drag information out of me. And so that that was just, that was a very interesting start. And I feel like, I feel like you have been a, a really big part of my physical and spiritual healing journey over the past year, because I started seeing you when I was still a teacher. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And you would even say you need like you could just tell everything was tense and knotted and when, when you touch somebody that is in rage run mode and <laughs> yes. and that is tense in every fiber of their being, it shows. Yes. It's it's in there. Yes. And and if if you continue to stay in it, no amount of healing touch or regular massage mm -hmm. or any kind of thing is gonna get rid of that because the guitar string is plucked on high constantly mm -hmm. so until you make some kind of physiological change or spiritual change or shakabuku if you don't know what that is go watch uh gross point blank oh. one of the best movies ever um then you're gonna stay in that in that tightened heightened sense of stress mm -hmm. so it wasn't just that we were working on uh your body and loosening your body up there was another component to that yeah. that needed to change and if you're not willing to change it doesn't your body's not going to change mm -hmm. right and so that's kind of what happened that's yes. what we've been working on yeah? yeah yeah i had homework yes and and most of the time i did that homework <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be fair. that'd be fair to say you did you were a very good student yes absolutely yes Yes, teachers are usually really good students. Uh, <laughs> yeah, massage therapists are usually really good patients. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. So, and massage therapist wives are always relaxed because they always get worked on. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get my wife started. She'll uh, she'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. So, anything more about that? It's been helpful. It wasn't yes. just the massage. It was the massage well, and. 
And we would start talking about things, and you would help me reframe them. So coming back to Edenzilla. That's a good good place to put it, reframing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't that the pieces weren't there. They were. You just had a skewed vision of the reality Mm -hmm. of what they were. Right? And so a lot of times, in in your particular case, um, you were stuck at 11 with certain parts of your body. Yes. Right? You don't have have thunder thighs anymore. You have magnificent magnificent thighs that carry you. (laughs) long miles and yeah. they can carry you through CrossFit and are strong and lean mm-hmm. and uh, sinewy in a good way and muscular and they look great on you, mm-hmm. right? Even though sometimes you don't think so, yeah, right? And that's uh, most of us. I, I Lisa Kay saw a picture of me this week, <laughs> right? I did. Yes. I was in the Canadian Rockies last week. I was, I was backpacking. I have been working out. I haven't lost a ton of weight, but my weight is redistributing. My shoulders are getting a little thicker. My my legs are getting a little bigger. So um, when I'm looking at myself in the mirror, I look and feel a little skinnier because my love handles are moved or whatever. Well, when I was up in the mountains, I had a backpack on, and that backpack had a waist strap, and I was sitting on a rock with my knees elevated, and this lady took a picture of me, <laughs> and I had a 400 fucking beer gut, 400-pound beer gut. It's a horrible picture. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I'm not a body dysmorphic guy unless I see a picture of me that looks like I have a 400 pound beer gut. And listen, to be fair, when I showed it to my wife, she went, ooh, ooh yeah, not your best picture. <laughs> and when I showed it to Lisa, who, when I told her about it, Lisa K, at first went, um, no, 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 you know how good you've been looking lately? And then she looked at this picture and went, ooh, <laughs> right? So it was it was the picture, not the. It's the picture, not the man, yeah. right? But it, and yeah. it, and it's the position, not the man. Yes. But we all have it, right? Mm-hmm. We all have it. I don't care if you're an Adonis or a fucking supermodel. Everybody hates their body at some point, mm-hmm. and uh, they all grow hair. They all leak stuff. They all have wrinkly parts somewhere, and they're all dangly, fleshy parts somewhere. <laughs> and you're just gonna have to learn to deal with it, right? I heard a comedian one time say, "You know, you love her." Or you know she loves you when she loves all of you, even the fleshy, dangly parts. <laughs> right? Every single one of you got a picture right there. And do, do not share what that picture is. No, we don't, yeah. So we would like to thank the Eden for coming in and talking about her body and her stuff and, and her story today. Thank yeah. you, Eden. Thank, thank you. Very much. That was fun. And Lisa Kay for being here for the entire podcast. I got to stay for the whole podcast. Not cleaning up and doing stuff or shucking coffee for me. That was very nice. It was very nice of you. <laughs> thank you. So we wish you all a very good day. Uh, the heat is starting to crank down here on the West Coast, so we're kind of happy about that. Uh, love and prosperous. Uh, I'm going to hold up the Vulcan sign and said, live long and prosper. And uh, go have a good day. Peace out, y'all. Bye.